Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Goldberger, of course, uh, writes for Pro Football Focus, used to work for the Vikings, uh, also contributes over at OverTheCap.com. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate you. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I was uh, thinking about Vandy alum as you as you were coming on, and because uh, I'm reading your bio here, and I mean, you, Vandy, Tulane, you got everything, but... Nate Bargatze, like, is he? Do you guys look at him as a good advocate or a bad? Ad, like, I think he's hysterical, but I don't know if I'm like the only one that thinks he's hysterical. Like, is is this going to be too much? Like, uh, he he just reps him so hard. I think he's hilarious. Okay, uh, he All does right. rep him. He's got the you know the stuff in the background, even on his podcast. I've seen a couple times. He has the, you know the Vandy stars. I said, look, we'll take it. I don't think we can be too picky with who we allow to kind of rep our school. <laughs> I mean, he tells all these stories about going to, like, Vandy football games, and I was just like, that's – I didn't even know that was a thing that people did the way that he does it. So, it's like – it's. I think that's a good endorsement for the school, Brad. Yeah, and I'd, uh, I'd be lying if I said that's a big culture. There are – you know, I have a buddy from college who was, you know, a family that go to every single game since he was three years old and all that, and you don't hear many of those stories like you would maybe in Tuscaloosa or other places. Yeah, I mean, you guys are a baseball school, and that's okay. Yeah. You guys are very, very good at it. So yeah, if you're going to be great at one thing, uh, at least it's still one of the major sports. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, uh, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like school I went to, I went to a school called Lindenwood University, uh, and I was on a bowling scholarship because we're like, we're, like, uh, we're like the Alabama football of bowling, right? So like, But it's like a very – when you go to that school, we're good at very niche things. Like we put kids in the uh, Olympics for skeet shooting, and it's like, well, oh, okay, that's, that's fun, but it's only fun – for so long, like baseball, football, basketball, you can hang your hat on that. But anyway, it's not why you call it. I, I called you about <laughs> football, and I, you know, I when I was first talking to your guys at PFF, I'm really trying to figure out uh, because I, I've always loved PFF, and I always th- I've always thought very highly of PFF. I'm just trying to figure out if you can give me some answers and insight into how you guys come up with your methodology when it comes to not only quarterback rankings, but also some of the team rankings. Because I'm looking at like offensive grade right now, and it's got the Browns as first. And you'd think, okay, well, Jonathan, uh, do a victory lap. This is great. Your team is number one. But I'm looking at the Browns each and every week. They don't feel like the number one team in football from an offense, uh, offensive standpoint. How did they get there, and, and what did you guys do to come up with that? Yeah, so the, the team rankings on the grade level, it, I think the, the, the question there makes a lot of sense, and I think the reason why maybe it doesn't feel that way is because, look, the offensive line is going to equal the same as the runners, and they probably have the best offensive line or one of the best offensive lines and the best running back room in the NFL. So in that page, there's no waiting for you know receiving and passing mattering more than run blocking and running the football. So they're just very good across the board. Frankly, I think Jacoby Brissett has played better than maybe expected been on schedule, on time, hasn't made a lot of mistakes, getting the ball to, you know, Amari Cooper and some of their playmakers on the outside, letting them go to work. 
Uh, you know, so it's really that they're just not bad in any single facet. They're above 70 in every facet on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, so it's just it, the system weights everything the same. Is, is that what I'm gathering? So quarterback is the same as running back, which is the same as left tackle? Right, and so that would be the grade and that would be the rank here, but that wouldn't, you know, we have our own power ranking on the homepage. Different thing where it does actually weight, you know, what we think matters more to winning football, uh, and you're, you're not going to find the Browns number one on that list. Okay, so in the future, I need to look at the power rankings as opposed to just the uh, the offense scroll and then go from there. That okay, that makes some sense. Now with the quarterback methodology, I I have some questions as well because like I and a lot of people obviously brought up Patrick Mahomes and throwing five touchdowns and not being the number one quarterback after week one, and it's like okay, that I can get on board with thinking something's a little off there. Geno Smith as number one is interesting to me. Jacoby Brissett at seventh. How do we get to seven there? Yeah, so actually after this past week, he's now at 12. So I mean, the big thing, too, is that early in the season, you know, week to week, it really does vary a good amount. And, you know, you've you got to wait for a little bit of larger sample size. We don't even do some things around here until after week six because we feel as though there's not enough of a sample to truly mm. go off of. But, you know, we want to put out grades. We want people to know how we're grading quarterbacks. So try to put those things out there. Mahomes is now number two behind Geno Smith. But you know, the big thing there is that, First and foremost, every single snap, not only as a passer, but also as a runner, how they're doing with allowing pressure or letting pressures turn into sacks. Every single component of quarterback play is evaluated on a snap-by-snap level. And then when they do throw the football, there is accurate plus throws, which are not only accurate, but also maybe away from a defender, maybe lead a receiver into more yards after the catch. Really, really high-level throws. Then there's standard accurate throws, just good balls on rhythm, on schedule, in the bread basket. Then you get to, you know, catchable inaccurate. So we think it's off target, but the receiver probably still could have brought the football in. And then the worst category, uncatchable inaccurate. So there's so many details and minute details and minutiae that kind of, you know, all of that grounds up together to get these, you know, these zero to 100 grades for these quarterbacks. But if you had your druthers then, and I get it, you guys are a website, you have to try to make money, it'd be weird if you guys are like, hey, nothing until week six is done. But, like, in reality, I shouldn't pay attention until week six. I don't know about wouldn't pay attention, because here's what I'll say, too, is that I think one of the cool things about sports that I think gets overlooked, and I do think PFF kind of sheds light on this, is, look, all of these guys are world-class athletes. We have all these cool stories we talk about our, you know, our parents, our grandparents tell us these stories of a guy who got hot for a six-week stretch or, or a 12-week stretch. Look, if you wanted to sign a quarterback, let's say you're doing a, an NFL redraft, and you had the number one overall pick, you'd have Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, enter name here. Both of those guys are top five in grading right now, but they're not going to be the best player every single week or every single stretch of weeks. Over the long haul, of course, that's going to level out. But think about just like in baseball, the worst hitter in baseball probably had a 20-game stretch where he hit 500, but then the other 140 games, you know, he hit 100. So I think that's a very important thing to remember, too, is all these guys are pretty awesome at what they do. No, that makes sense, and I appreciate the way you phrased that, too, because it's like, you know, for the longest time in 2020, I was using a Baker Mayfield stat, but because your guys' website is so easy to use, and you're the only website I know of that does it where I can just say from week seven on, and it's just a click of a couple buttons, and then I'm there week seven on, and week seven on, Baker was top three in the position, and I'm like, oh, okay, I know I'm juicing the stats a little bit, but that's what we do sometimes. And that's completely understandable. And I think you can still splice and look at, you know, different parts of the year. And maybe, you know, for Baker, for example, did some guys get healthy? So you're looking at, okay, now here's him with his 
his full offensive line, you know, Jedrick Wills was healthier, whatever the case may be, whatever, you know, standpoint you're looking at, or did he get used to playing with his, you know, fifth offensive coordinator in as many years type of thing that he dealt with in Cleveland. So it's certainly okay to do that. Obviously, like you said, you, you know it's kind of favorable to who you're trying to make it favorable for. Um, but, yes, at the end of the day, you want as large a sample size as possible. And when you get into that, you know, once you expand it to that view, odds are the cream of the crop, the best players are going to show up in the top of that list. Brad Spielberger, PFF, joining us here on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, explain Nick Chubb's season to me then uh, because, obviously – you guys are – it's funny when the traditional stats mirror what you guys do, and it's like, yeah, he's just great across the board. Uh, but in, like, proper perspective, how great of a season is Nick Chubb having? Yeah, I mean, he's our highest graded running back by a fairly comfortable margin. And so the thing there is, you know, with the running back, we, we try to, to a degree, also distill how much is the offensive line and how much is truly his individual contribution. So, uh, like I said, the offensive line is elite, maybe one of the best run-blocking units in the NFL, but – we look at yards before contact and yards after contact per mm-hmm. attempt, and he shows up phenomenally in yards after contact. So even when he does get hit, he is still creating a lot of yardage by himself. That's an individual contribution. We also look at missed tackles forced per attempt. So when he's running the football, is he making guys miss in the open space? Is he stiff-arming guys and shaking guys off? Again, something that it's not just a massive hole that you know any running back could run through and he just happens to be playing on a great offensive line, it's also him doing that. So while his condition, his surrounding circumstances are phenomenal, he's also elevating it, and I think he's the best pure runner of the football by, by a decent margin right now the last couple of years. That's incredible. So what happened from this year relative to the last couple of years where you know everyone in Cleveland knew how great he was and everyone from a distance knew how great he was, but when you talked about the very best. Everyone's like, oh, it's Derrick Henry. And then you'd throw in Dalvin Cook even. And then it was like, it felt like it was a struggle to put Nick Chubb there. What has he done differently from those couple years to now elevate his play for this year? Because he had good offensive lines past couple years too. You know, I think the one big thing that particularly affects running backs is fantasy football and stuff like that. And so because Nick Chubb is not a receiver really, you know, he can catch a screen pass and you know kind of run straight line, but he's not your Alvin Kamara. He's not a Dalvin Cook, as you mentioned. He's not a Christian McCaffrey that's gonna you know maybe split out wide, and line up in the slot, or you know do all sorts of different things and, and run legitimate wide receiver routes. But also again for fantasy football, you, you score more points that way. So I think he kind of became undervalued, underappreciated. You know, Derek Henry doesn't really do that either, but his volume was so insane where he's getting you know 400 carries whereas Chubb's maybe around 280 and splitting duties, you know, with a Kareem Hunt, with a Dearness Johnson. So I think all that factored in. But from a pure, pure efficiency standpoint, he's been at the top of the list and missed tackles forced per attempt, which in our opinion, and actually in our opinion, based on our studies, is the most repeatable skill a running back has per our data. He's always been at the very, very top of that list because he's just he makes guys miss or he throws them off himself. Brad, it's funny, the the idea in Cleveland is that, uh, and you do a lot with salary cap and, and you do a lot with contract stuff, the idea around here is that, uh, you know, as if Andrew Barry is gaming the system with how he's laying out a lot of the contracts, where then it, it keeps popping up everywhere, though. You see it where they front load some of these contracts, or not front load, excuse me, but they make it where it's very tiny amount in the beginning, and then you, you back load is what the, the word I'm going for there, and it just kind of changes. Everything changes. Uh, we saw it with Denzel Ward. We see, we see it with Deshaun Watson, for instance. We saw how much of that contract was basically for this year, didn't really matter, and then you move forward. Uh, how much is that going to be the trend across the NFL moving forward? 
So the thing there is that it honestly is more to do with ownership. So Andrew Barry, of course, comes from Philadelphia, and he, he copied their entire system, essentially. That's exactly how they structure their deals as well. And what you can do is you can spend more cash in a single year than the actual salary cap because you push a lot of those cap hits down the road. Where mm-hmm. you know the Eagles right now in a $200 million cap are spending about $230, $240 million on their current year roster, and the Browns are kind of in that conversation as well, well above the actual salary cap. You know, what it enables you to do is you can add all this talent. Like you said, you can extend all these guys and push it down the line. You know, it does come back to bite you in certain circumstances. You can get, you have guys get older, guys retire, guys get injured, things like that. But because you can roll over unused cap space, that's kind of what they're doing right now. They have all this room, and I think a lot of Browns fans probably say, hey, why don't we bring in this guy or bring in that guy? But you're also planning to roll that extra cap over because it can then you know, kind of absorb those bigger cap hits once they come in. But long answer short, the key is, honestly, an owner willing to do that. And, and Philadelphia and Cleveland have two owners that are willing to spend money, willing to give out big guarantees. It's kind of an undiscussed edge that some owners are willing to spend a lot more money than others. All right, let's, uh, let's try to get Brad back on here. We just lost Brad for a second there. Uh, you know, I think that's really interesting. I never really thought about it from that perspective. It's because we just don't talk about it. We just we just don't discuss it in that manner the way that Brad laid out. Like, yeah, and everyone gives Jimmy Haslam so much crap, and rightfully so to a degree. I've always been on the side of Jimmy. I like Jimmy Haslam. I think a lot more than a lot of people in this town that have a platform and a lot more just fans in general. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily agree with Jimmy that way, but I love the advantage that Brad kind of laid out there. Uh, we got Brad Spielberger, PFF, back on the line here. Sorry, Brad, you cut out there. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, I don't know what you heard there. But, yeah, just saying it's, um, yeah, it's a different playing field. And there are owners, you know, you're in Cincinnati or you're in, you know, with the Chargers or teams like that. I mean, you are kind of playing money ball, and it's a different circumstance. It's not Tampa Bay Rays to make a baseball reference versus the Yankees because the NFL has minimum minimums as well. But maybe- We appreciate him. Yeah, he's really good, though. My good, we're going to have to have him on another time. He, I mean, Brad just knew everything under the sun. We were able to talk about PFF's data and then sprinkle in a little bit about ownership and then go back and forth, and that was just that was really impressive in a lot of different areas. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.